Tuesday morning on Buckeye Breakdown means we get to hear from Ryan Day coming up in a few hours. So we're going to chat about the things we most want to hear from Coach Day this afternoon, namely the offensive line. What do they got to do to get out of what feels like camp mode for them? And how is their rotation going to look going forward? How about on the defensive line? This group that we heard so much about their, their pass rushing attack all through camp. Where has that been the first couple weeks? And will it show up against a Western Kentucky team that wants to throw the ball first and foremost? At quarterback, has Ryan Day planted his flag and said, yes, I'm ready to make a decision on the quarterback side? And finally, what will constitute a successful outcome this weekend? Is it simply winning or is Ryan Day looking for more? Does he want to see anything specifically? We're going to break into all of that plus a little bit more coming up next on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday morning and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. We're talking Ohio State football live at 7 a.m. every weekday morning, and we are awfully glad to have you with us live on our YouTube channel. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin. If you're listening to this after the fact, know that we go live and we'd love to have you participate. We take lots of questions along the way in the comments section, but if you're listening after the fact, that's cool, too. The show is available wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. And of course, if you're brand new, we are affiliated with the Sports Illustrated Media Group. This is the Buckeyes Now channel on Fan Nation, and you can find all the latest news and info about the team over on Buckeyesnow.com. Anthony, I think uh, I think we've got enough data points now to start asking some legitimate questions that hopefully Ryan Day wants to, to answer, although I'm not sure exactly how deep he's going to go with us. But um, I, I think there are some things we can chat about with him that hopefully the the, the media contingent, the, the, I don't know, 75 of us that will be there this afternoon, hopefully guys are, uh, are, are willing to ask some deeper questions of him. And hopefully he's willing to answer them. Um, I think that we kind of got to look into it. Like I, we hinted at it after week one. Um, you could sense a sense of urgency on the, kind of the uptick. Um, and then last week's press conference, he kind of referenced some things. And then even post-game or on Saturday, it was the question I remember you, we were talking about it was, hey, one of these O-line questions going to get fixed. And he was, it was hopefully yesterday. Um, so, you know, you're starting to kind of – he's starting to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, um, you know, and see that that it that there is some things that need addressed. And, you know, ditching the coach speak where it's, where it's no longer like, oh, things are fine, we're going to figure it out, figure it out. But he's actually, you know, publicly challenging some of his guys. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I think he, there is a little bit of a sense of, um, you know, urgency from Coach Day to get some of these problems solved. You know, last year it was kind of a mix on Tuesdays. We would hear from Ryan Day exclusively, and then we would hear from another coach, and sometimes we would get a player. A lot of times that player was C.J. Stroud. So I, I'm I'm sensing the theme here that Tuesdays are coach-specific. We're not expecting to get, you know, another player today. Uh, and we we basically never get access to players, or I should say to coaches, on Wednesday. It's, it's just a handful of players after practice. And I, I think that's fine. But um, I, I would be interested somewhere along the way if we could get 
perhaps a third coach, right? I, I want to talk to Ryan Day. I want Jim Knowles to, to step to the podium. Um, I would love to hear from Brian Hartline somewhere along the way. And I, I don't know if and when that will happen. I can't be the only one that wants that. So I, I hope they can figure that out somewhere along the way that that can be, you know, part of the part of the game plan. But we'll have to see how that goes. Um, in the meantime, I, I think Ryan Day is plenty capable of, of answering the offensive minded questions. So that's that's probably fine. Yeah, probably fine. You'd still love to hear from him um, and just kind of, you know, there's some things on the offensive side that, that are still question marks. Um, you know, we talk offensive line, you talk maybe potentially even the quarterbacks. What's just even the situation going to be this week? Um, you know, I, I think that we're all in agreement that Kyle McCord's kind of taking it over. Uh, but, you know, would still love to talk to, to Coach Hartline, get, in a, get his idea of how he wants to rotate running backs and how he wants to rotate receivers and, and all those different things. So would love the opportunity to speak with him um, and, and get some of the answers to his question or some of the his answers to our questions. GOJ says, Brendan and Anthony, you're in my top five. Well, we love that. I don't know who these are. I hope they're just as handsome as Anthony. And, uh, you know, it's all it's all good. Glad to have you each and every morning, GOJ. Glad uh, glad you're you're with us. That's cool. Uh, and before we dive in any deeper, this isn't really uh, – I, I don't know what I would say this is a humble brag. This is more of just, hey, this is what I had a chance to do yesterday, and I thought it was really fun. And it was – on a very small level, it was Ohio State-related, so I figured I'd share it. Um, for the second year in a row, I was I was invited to play in the Pro Football Hall of Fame golf outing at uh, Firestone yesterday and check out who the Hall of Famer was in our group. I know it looks kind of goofy on the screen at the moment. It's not covering the full screen, but uh, Orlando Pace got a chance to ride 18 holes with him yesterday. Uh, Orlando is doing really well. He is very regularly at Ohio State games since his son is on the roster. Um I don't think he's at every game, but he's at uh, darn near all of them. He is still a mountain of a human being and uh, actually has decent game. Yeah. Right? He's, uh, he's he's coming along. He's got some work to do. Kind of hard for him to hit driver. He can't really get through it uh, you know, and straighten it out. But he hit this like little seven wood off the tee yesterday that he actually he, he kind of he kind of piped it. So and I'm sure distance isn't a problem. I'm sure distance isn't a problem for him either. When you can't hit driver and you have to hit your seven wood, but you still hit it 250 yards. That's, that's, a cool, that's a cool cut for you and I. But uh, but for him, that had to be that had to be so cool, man. What what a cool experience for you. It uh, it was certainly uh, certainly a, a unique time. Um, I enjoyed his company. He is for as imposing a human as he is. He's a really kind, gentle, you know, normal, good dude. Um, it's it's fun to to have chances to interact with guys like that. There were 19 Hall of Famers total yesterday, uh, including Rondé Barber, who just went in. Uh, we had dinner back at the Hall of Fame after the fact. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Marshall Falk was there. Uh, had dinner with Steve Hutchinson as well, the, the great player and. Seattle, Minnesota, and, and Tennessee, who just went in a couple years ago. So, yeah, it was a, a really fun day. But um, never miss an opportunity to celebrate a Buckeye who's made uh, made head waves. That's pretty cool. Yeah, never miss that opportunity. And never miss an opportunity to play at Firestone. That's, that does <laughs> That too. <laughs> that too. All right, let's dive into it. Um, I, I guess maybe we'll, we'll start quarterback. I, I feel like we always start with the quarterback, but that's got to be the question everybody wants to know the answer to. You know, is Ryan Day finally willing to say, yes, I've seen enough on tape? Kyle McCord's a guy, or maybe he could say Devin Brown's the guy. I don't know. 
I, I don't think so. Um, I don't think he would say that. But, you know, I, to me, the options are more, hey, we're committed that Devin has, you know, taken firm control of this job and he is going to get all of the meaningful snaps now in games. Um, or is Ryan going to continue to almost use this like week three of the preseason and rotate some meaningful snaps still with Devin? Um, I just think you better be a little careful. I, I know Ohio State's a 26-point favorite against Western Kentucky, but the Hilltoppers have scored 93 points in the first two games. They're the number 12-ranked passing offense in the country the first couple weeks. Uh, they did it against USF, who plays in the American, and, and UConn, who's obviously still trying to figure it out since Jim Mora took over. Um, but, you know, they've got a redshirt senior quarterback, Austin Reed, who can play. And he's, I, I don't think he's going to be scared when he goes up against a really good defense at Ohio State. So uh, if if Ryan Day is going to rotate quarterbacks because he thinks that's the best thing to do and it doesn't work, maybe he finds himself in a tighter game. Yeah, I, I think this is actually playing out the way that you and I had anticipated and you and I had talked about, right, where weeks one and two, you're really still kind of in um, competition mode. You're still in that. Um, that quarterback, you know, campish mode where you're splitting time and uh, you're trying to figure it out. But I do think now going forward, at least in my opinion, from what we've seen, um, not, not necessarily what we've heard, but just from watching the tape and seeing uh, how both guys have performed, I think that there's a clear separation between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, where not to say that Devin Brown's not going to get reps. I do think that he will. Um, but I do think that it'll be more of, hey, the first team is going with Kyle. And then once their game's done, if it does get to that point, if it's close all game or, you know, they don't look great and coach keeps them in, I think you're going to get a heavy, heavy dose of Kyle McCord on Saturday. And it will really show the fan base, like, this is our guy moving forward. This is our guy for Notre Dame because that's what they have to do. They have to establish a guy this week because it's now time. It's it's go time now uh, because you're staring down the barrel right after you know Western Kentucky is the fighting Irish. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how the schedule was was put together this year. You know, thank, thankfully, I, in my opinion, you didn't have to open the season against Notre Dame the way we did last year. Different kind of animal here. So you had these three games of ramping up for your first, you know, big showing that everybody in the country is going to be paying attention to. And there's a lot of people around the country that are a little underwhelmed with Ohio State right now. In fact, the, the Buckeyes – you know, they're not on some free fall, but they've slid each of the last two weeks now in the AP poll uh, because other teams have looked really good and Ohio State's looked fine. Um, I don't think fine is going to be good enough in two weeks when you're in South Bend. I, I think fine probably wins on Saturday. I'm not particularly concerned about Western Kentucky. They're, in fact, their defense, that I, I don't think is all that good. So I, I don't think we should, you know, see any problems with Ohio State scoring the ball. But um, you know, you, you got to find a way to, to use this game as a get right game. And I'll tell you the other thing I really don't want to hear from Ryan day, whether it relates to the quarterbacks or otherwise is, you know, the, the number of plays, because I think after really watching hard these last couple of games, um, I even asked this question in the post game press conference to Emeka Ibuka, and he didn't seem to to give me an answer that made me think they were unhappy with it. Um, Ohio state's not playing with nearly as much tempo as, as I'm used to seeing from them or as much as I expected. And 
I think some of the lack of number of plays that Ryan Day seems to be really bugged by, I think some of that is their own inefficiency and, and self-inflicted. So go out and, and, you know, be on like Death Star Destroyer mode and try to put the Hilltoppers away early and put up a huge number. Like that should be the goal in my opinion. Yeah, and I think with the Hilltoppers too, with Western Kentucky, and we'll get into it later in the week, just kind of more in detail. This is one that's like, you don't want to call it a trap game, but it's like, all right, Notre Dame's on the horizon. And what's kind of, what what piques your interest with Western Kentucky is their ability to score um, and their ability to throw it. Uh, because that can kind of keep you in the game. You look at some of the the upsets that happen when, you know, small level schools beat a bigger level, level school. It's, you know, you have one or two guys who can go off and can compete on this level. Like this isn't, don't get this twisted. This isn't Youngstown, isn't Youngstown, Youngstown State, Youngstown State, Washington level than Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a division one program. They're in the conference USA. Like they are not obviously on the Ohio State's level, but this is one where it's like, this could look, I'm not saying Ohio State's going to lose or they should be on lose alert, but this one, this could be one that's like, if you're not careful, it could be the third quarter and it's a two possession game just by no fault, of, you know, just by not showing up and actually overlooking them. And then Western Kentucky coming out and, you know, just backs to the wall. Hey, screw it. We're in the Ohio State. Let's go try and, you know, do our best here. Um, so this is one you don't want to overlook. And I agree with you. Like, it, I'm kind of over the, you know, the, Hey, I don't like these new time rules and I don't like the clock rules and the clock rules are costing us drives. Like, I, I don't know, man, there's a lot of, there's, there's a number of teams out there who haven't been affected by it and have adjusted. So they got to adjust. If the number of plays is a problem, speed up your process, speed up your, your in-between play process. If it's not a problem, which it, it he keeps saying that it is, but it could also be part of the plan. Like, and that's fine too, but just like, Hey, figure out kind of what your identity wants to be and then go be it. You know, just go do it. Hey, the clock rules are the clock rules for this year, regardless of what anybody says. Now go adjust to it and, and, and you know, and, and make the difference on your side. Yeah, and the reality is Western Kentucky, like, they, they've got some balance. They're, they're not so keen on throwing the ball that they'll never run it. You know, they've essentially – they've run it on average 24 times each of the first two games. They're about two to one pass to run. But I say that because – I would be surprised if Western Kentucky completely changed its own offensive identity to play against Ohio State because they thought that gave them a substantially better chance to win the game. As opposed to Youngstown State had a game plan that that just felt like bleeding the clock had to be part of what they wanted to do. And Indiana ran the triple option and did the same thing. So I'm sure on tape, the Hilltoppers are saying, hey, this is like the formula the teams have tried to use. And by the way, neither team got their doors blown off against the Bucks, So maybe that helps. But I don't know if, if their strengths line up with that philosophy. And so if they, if they don't try to be the kind of team that wants to milk a bunch of clock against Ohio State, and if the Buckeyes play the way that they're capable of playing – Maybe this does turn into a game that looks a little more normal against an inferior opponent. Right. And, you know, you, we'll see. We'll know right away. You'll know the first two drives, like, hey, the, you know, Western Kentucky is going to try to, you know, make this a game and they're going to be trying to throw it. Or, you know, they're taking the Indiana YSU approach where they're going to try to milk it out and try to get lucky at the end, which, um, you know, if you're an underdog, 
this is how I would do it. If I was coaching, I would be like, all right, boys, I'd be in there today when their first team meeting and like, hey, dude, we're going, we're going, you know, we're, we're, we're leaving it all out there. We're going for it on fourth down. We're slinging that thing. You know, here's where we can find advantages. Yes, their secondary's got elite dudes everywhere, but we can, you know, here's where we can find, you know, just little spaces here and there. And I would just exude confidence into my guys saying, hey, you know, we're going to go into Columbus and give it a shot. And on Ohio State side, you got to just kind of be alert for that stuff. And they are. They, I mean, that's, that's no different than how anybody ever is going to play Ohio State. You know, everyone's going to give Ohio State their best shot. You know, because if you're a small t- or small school guy, hey, I'm going into the shoe. I got one chance to play in the horseshoe. I'm going to try to make it, make the best of it. So Ohio State will be ready for it. It's just one of those things. You don't want to get trapped by Notre Dame next week. Like, don't overlook these guys, and let's come out and look smooth, which we haven't necessarily put four smooth quarters together um, for the first two weeks. Let, let's talk about the offensive and defensive lines here. You know, you, you made a, an observation about – um, you know, even if Devin Brown gets in the game, is he in there with starters up front? You know, I'm of the opinion that Ohio State's starting offensive line should play every single possible rep because I think they need it. Josh Simmons, Josh Fryer, Donovan Jackson, Matt Jones, Carson Hinsman, they have got to figure it out. And they haven't been atrocious, but they have not nearly been as impressive uh, as as I've hoped and, and frankly come to expect from an Ohio State offensive line. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see if Ryan Day wants to use Luke Montgomery or maybe even Tegra Shabola. You know, d- does he start looking at other options? What would cause him to say, okay, I've seen enough. It's time to figure it out and, and give somebody else a shot. You know, Josh Simmons in particular had a couple of critical penalties last week. So even some of the missed assignments – um, sometimes you can get past that, but, you know, penalties are really costly. And Ryan Day talks a lot about, you know, playing a clean game. Um, I just wonder how long the leash is with any of those guys and whether they trust their depth enough to have somebody else take a shot if they don't want one of those guys in the starting lineup. So I think this is a huge week for the offensive line. You got to think the leash is getting short, right? Like this is two weeks of the same answers after the game of like, hey, we need to improve our physicality. We need to, you know, get better and continue to get better. And you just haven't seen it yet. And had a good observation, you know, brought up um, yesterday. It's like the, the line also almost looks like they're still in camp mode. And what does that mean? Well, in practice and in camp, it's not it's not it's not physical at all. Like it's the defense of your scout teams in pads or it has like a little like a shield where it's like one of those padded shields. We've all seen one where that's what you go against. And there's maybe one or two periods a week which are live where, you know, you're actually blocking to the ground and you'll never tackle a running back in practice and receivers are never touched in practice. And that doesn't necessarily affect those guys because you know, their games are played in space. Like receivers games are played in space. They'll get tackled, but it's not a huge deal. But with the offensive and defensive lines, like that is you're in, you're in hand-to-hand combat for four hours a Saturday. And it's constantly that it's constantly finishing to the ground. You see some good clips coming out of the NFL games from the last week, like guys finishing to the ground and pancaking dudes. And like, you see those things on Twitter and then you or X or whatever. And then like you look at an Ohio state game and, like, it's just not that. It's almost like still that camp mode feel where it's where we like lock up and we chop our feet and then the whistle blows and you're to the next play. So 
how do you get out of that? Well, there's a couple things. You could turn up the intensity in practice. Like it could be a situation where at practice this week, you know, there is more live periods or the offensive and defensive line specifically are, hey, we're going. You're going live. We're going through the whistle, not to the whistle. Um, and so that's the one of the things you got to incentivize the scout team for that one. They get like extra cookies at lunch or something for that. But, um, but you know, that's one way to do it. But there's also like different incentives that you can bring the, the offensive line. Like, hey, pancakes are celebrated in a different way. Or, you know, if we don't average five yards to carry on the ground, like something happens, you know, you can incentivize those guys just to like snap their mindset out of it. Because obviously they're not they're not able to do it on their own, right? We're two weeks in. You should have absolutely bullied Youngstown State on Saturday, and you didn't. Okay, so that's the situation. That's where you're at. How do you get out of that? you got to find ways to be creative as a coaching staff to get those guys out. And maybe it is. Maybe it is a fresh look. Maybe it is two new guys. Maybe Luke Montgomery and, and Shibola get a chance this week. But, you know, you never know. We'll know today. I'm really curious to hear – um, Coach Day's tone to the offensive line. Um, I, he's going to get asked about it, and I'm curious to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I. Uh, as soon as you brought that to mind, uh, I, I know since our audience is a Buckeye audience that there was a good chance that you know a, a good chunk of everyone uh, saw the the Battle of Ohio on Sunday, the Browns Bengals game, and there was a play that Wyatt Teller, the right guard for the Browns, had like a 20 yard pancake. I mean, he was literally 20 yards driving his defender down the field. And, and I just remember watching, and I'm like, God, that is perfect tape to show Ohio State right now. Like, I know these kids have that mentality that they can do it, but I haven't seen it. Like, go get to the second level and and just take guys out of plays. I, I, I They got to figure it out. And, Brennan, stuff like that in the film room is like – Super celebrated. So, like, here's how a Sunday looks. Yeah, I would love some cold brew coffee. I love that. Thank you, Yakov. Yeah, some uh, homemade cold brew coffee sounds terrific. Great. No, but like for perspective, like on Sunday or whenever they watch tape, you'll watch. There's a cut up. The whole team sits in the meeting room, and there's a there's a top plays cut up. Maybe it's five minutes long, and it's pretty much the best plays. Okay, so it's like Marvin Harrison scoring, great play. It's some of that stuff, and guys get hooping and hollering like that's awesome. And then you split off into your groups and your your rooms and watch each. Then you watch the tape. You know you break it, break it down. So like those big plays, I'm I'm telling you, the, that block specifically was one that was in my mind. Like the Browns watched that as a team and like, hey, why that is unbelievable. And that's how they call it out in any any locker room. Like if 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 Josh Breyer gets to the second level and buries somebody, it'll be the first play on the on the team tape and everybody. JT gets hooping and hollering. Jack Sawyer. Tommy Eichenberg, they all see it and they're all like, oh, let's go. And that improves everyone's, you know, kind of mentality. Like, hey, our, our boys are getting better up front. You know, I need to be more physical on the back end or on defense or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it all plays a role together. It's just like, how do you get those guys to flip that switch? Um, you know, and, and I'm just excited to see, you know, how they're able to do that. So defensively, I mean, we really haven't seen – a ton from Western Kentucky that's overly concerning. And again, they've, they've played South Florida and, and um, um, was it, Oh, you know what? It wasn't UConn. It was Houston oh, Christian. They it's, have the same logo. It's the exact <laughs> same Husky logo. That threw me for a loop. Okay. So my, my mistake earlier, either way. 
actually got a little bit more hair, but you said UConn. I looked, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, so it's Houston Christian. Anyways, um, you know, they have allowed 908 yards of, of, of offense against them in those first two games. Uh, against a team in the American that's supposed to be whatever and Houston Christian, who's obviously an FCS school. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I wouldn't be overly concerned there in, in looking at, uh, you know, looking at those numbers. They, they've been really efficient offensively in the red zone, but on defense, they have not been that great. Um, they give up a lot of first downs. They've been a little penalty prone. So I just think Ohio State should be able to control this game. Um, and, and, you know, as we turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball, I, I want to see that group this week, like, make a serious impact. You know, we, we've heard for a long time, we certainly heard during camp, that this pass rush is back, right? It's This whole defense is as good as it was in 2019, and, and the pass rush unit is back. And again, like I'm trying to keep in some perspective that the kind of game that Indiana and Youngstown State played against Ohio State may not have uh, been the kind where you would see pass rush get home. But I just haven't seen what I expect out of Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolo in particular. Again, they haven't played terrible, but they're not like – the game records that they're supposed to be. And I don't know if that means Kenyatta Jackson needs more snaps. I think Caden Curry's played really well in his first two games this year. Maybe Caden Curry needs more reps, whatever it's going to, going to take that group. Defensive tackles have, have played fine. They also haven't been great in the pass rush, but nobody's really run up the middle on them, uh, you know, with, with big gaping holes. So I just want to see the defensive line play pissed off and, and, you know, aggressive and, and really put somebody under pressure. Yeah. And like you said, that this, that the first two weeks were pretty game plan specific because just like you said, you, we've been excited about seeing this defensive line. They're so hyped. It's supposed to be the best group on, on, on this team. So do the other coaches. They see that too. And they're like, all right, how do we neutralize this front four? How can we make sure that they're not a part of the game? And, you know, when you're looking at Ohio State's defense, it's almost like a good, better, best. Like your defensive line is the best group. Maybe the linebackers are good and the secondary is better. So it's like all of them are different levels of, of great, but your defensive line is awesome. And they're like, all right, how do we take them out of it? And I think what's going to be exciting these next couple of weeks um, is that you're going to get away from the the 911. Oh my God, we can't, we can't even that we need to make the defensive line not even be a factor at all. Like you're going to get away from that because you're going to start seeing improvements in the, in the competition. Okay. So what I'm really looking forward to is funny. My buddies and I were, ch- were texting all last night. Like, uh, you know, they were t- same thing, belly aching about the, the defensive line. And I'm like, I wouldn't put too much stock into it quite yet. You know, the, I could be wrong in two or three weeks, but I'm like, hey, hey, as the competition starts to improve, now you start judging it a little bit more and judging it a little bit more fairly, I think. Um, I think this week will be an interesting test. Um, Western Kentucky is going to really like to throw the ball, um, as we've mentioned a couple times. And you'll see. We'll, we'll see how they want to attack this defense. If they're dropping back and standing back there, 
you know, you want to see Ohio State start making some pressure and start getting home because that's what we were told that they were going to do. Um, so you'd love to see that. If it's still, again, another another deal where you know, they're getting out quick, think about it almost as that's a win too. Even, even though JT may not be making sacks, they're forcing the ball out like this and giving their DBs the opportunity to, to make plays and just be in the right spot. Um, so I still think they're effective from that standpoint, but I align with you. With you, I'd like to see in these next couple of weeks start making your impact, start making an impact on the field, making those sacks, getting teams out of out of or, you know behind the sticks, and, and then off schedule, um, which I think this defense can do, or this defensive line certainly can do. I I, I don't know that I want to reflect with our own thoughts so much on this because it feels a little bit more like a later week topic, but. I would like to ask Ryan Day, hey, what constitutes a successful week for you guys here, right? I mean, you're playing against a team that you think has a competent passing attack. You know, obviously you need to get right and you need to figure out a way to to get this offense cruising before you get to Notre Dame. But like, how does Ryan Day define success this week? Is it the same way he defines it every other week? We want to score 50. We want to throw 300. We want to run for 250. You know, is it is it always that simple for him? Or is he willing to tell us some of the specific things where he's like, no, if we're going to be better, this or that or these need to be better. Like, I, I wonder yeah. if he's willing to give us more than that. I would love to hear it. If you get a question today, that'd be a really good one to uh, that'd be a good one to ask because it's true. What? How are you looking at this week? And I know, I mean, I would love to know that, but I, what I do know is that this week for the players is like one of the worst because the coaches come in, they're all they're all uptight because this is trap game one hundred and one. Like, do not overlook Western Kentucky for any reason. Like, ask Baylor, ask Baylor, ask Clemson. Like, don't look, overlook them. Because, yes, we play this game 100 times, Ohio State wins 99. But don't have this one be the one because you're worried about going to South Bend. So the coaches come in all, like, all super tight, mad at everybody. Everyone's in trouble for nothing. And it's just like a super – it's a super uncomfortable week and you're getting yelled at. And practice is the worst thing ever. Like, one incompletion is like, just take off running. You know, it's one of those things. So it's like, I know from a player's perspective, it's going to be an uncomfortable week. Everyone's going to be walking on eggshells. And I think that's a good thing. In the moment, it sucks. But looking back, when you take care of business against Western Kentucky, it's like, okay, good. We just, we accomplished our goal this week. We got it. We moved on and then you go. So I would love to hear the answer to Ryan Day's question there, but I do know, you know, their, their antennas are up and it's going to be, uh, hey, let's make sure that, you know, this one looks right this week. I love it. Everybody's in trouble for nothing. That's uh, that's the best. I wonder if as a coach, because you know you gotta like dig down and 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 if you're gonna take that mentality and let that rip, I, I wonder if deep down inside you're laughing at yourself like, man, I got him. <laughs> the worker's walking by the office and being like, morning coach, and you just stare and you just get a death stare. Like, oh, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> Bad morning hey, to you. Hey, it's gonna be a long week, fellas. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have as many answers as we can for you. I'm not sure how many we're going to get, but um, we'll certainly do our best to ask questions when we get chances. That's for sure. Ryan Day, 12 noon Eastern time live at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, as he is every week. And we'll stream that press conference for you live right here on this YouTube channel. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated. Uh, and Anthony and I will give our reaction, uh, if not later today, certainly by tomorrow morning. 
uh, once we hear from Coach and uh, Jim Knowles will also address the uh, group of reporters. So I'm I'm sure most of the questions to Ryan will be offensive, and most of the questions to Jim are are going to be on the defensive side for sure. But we'll uh, we'll bring you all the reaction we can. In the meantime, all the latest news and info about the team it's over on BuckeyesNow.com. Certainly some updates from. Uh, Ohio State players in the NFL. Unfortunately, J.K. Dobbins done for the year. He tore his Achilles um, on on maybe a happier note, but came about in, a, in an unfortunate way. Dewan Jones is going to start for the Cleveland Browns moving forward because Jack Conklin tore his ACL and MCL in week one. So um, that's that's kind of how it goes in the NFL. When your number gets called, you got to perform, and it's up to Dewan Jones to to show that he can do it at right tackle in Cleveland. Hey, how about that text last night, Garrett Wilson? Oh, baby. That oh, was baby. sweet. Yeah, unfortunately, was- it sounds like he's going to be catching passes from somebody other than Aaron Rodgers the rest of the year, which that is a tough scene for Jets fans. That's, that's a tough deal. But for us Buckeye fans, I think that that was pretty that, – that catch in itself, I think maybe those highlights this year may be few and far between, but we'll uh, we'll take that one as we, as we can. If and and before we go, uh, I'd have lost a lot of money. I'm not a betting guy, but I would have lost a lot of money if you would have asked me to put a bet on CJ Stroud's first NFL completion to himself. Wow, <laughs> there's only a couple. Guys, there's only a couple guys that have that, and that's that's an interesting one. That's one in tw- twelve years. Hopefully, he's wearing a gold jacket one day, and he's telling his grandkids, "Like, look at my first, look at my first completion." That'll that'll always stick with them. Like, so cool. Uh, too funny. All right. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brennan Gulick. Thanks for hanging out with us on Buckeye Breakdown this morning. And uh, we'll see you down at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center at 12 noon Eastern time for Ryan Day and Jim Knowles. Again, please uh, please subscribe to the channel. That's the best way to support us and uh, appreciate another good audience this morning. We'll see you down at the Woody later today.